Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? The Diana Aftermath continues here within the history box, and uh, we've covered uh, lots of criminal court cases that happened in the in the aftermath. Mm. This one or two emails that have come in of note. Yeah, quick look at them before I, we go any further. There's a couple that I've really enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's one from J, IFS Stockton Division. Uh, it says when the news about Diana came through I was up really late playing Monopoly with my brother brackets <laughs> bit Lampard now given that <laughs> given that Di- this is this is interesting because given that Diana's death was announced at something like 5.30am mm. that means that's a serious game that's a big game of Monopoly that's a proper mm. game of Monopoly that's not just like let's give it another half an hour and see who's the winner that's Monopoly to the death isn't it yeah well done to that. That's usually, um, I mean, risk. I mean, if there's two of you playing Monopoly, me and Lem play Monopoly, we do get into epic games, and sometimes we have to do that thing of keeping the board. Like if mm-hmm. you, if it like gets late, you have to keep the board, and you have to pick it up really yeah. delicately so nothing moves, and yeah. you have to walk across the room with it's perfectly still and flat, and place <laughs> place it somewhere ready for another time after <laughs> tomorrow. Is there a possibility that Nelson could appear and kick the bits over during the night? Yeah, definitely. It's exactly a sort of stunted oh, pole. You need some like, kind of. He's not dome. even. The thing about Nelson is right. He's he's old and he's not that playful, right? Yeah. Not really. But so he's an old cat and he'll move slowly around and not really get up to much mischief these days. Not like when he was younger. But if there's something that you really don't want him to do, he'll suddenly find some energy. So, mm. yeah, exactly that. If I left out, if I sort of like put a Monopoly board somewhere safe to continue the game, he would he would somehow instinctively know. He'd wake up from his fucking all-day slumber, mm. walk, plod really slowly across <laughs> the room. Look, he'd always sniff the Monopoly boards. He's a, bit, he's a big sniffer. He'll sniff <laughs> fucking everything for ages before he takes any action. And once he's sniffed the Monopoly board, he'll look at me as if to say, watch this cunt. And then he'll take one paw and just go, bash, and knock all the fucking houses off. And then he'll just give me another little look and then fuck off out into the garden for a sleep on the shed roof. <laughs> That's, That's your the way game he plays. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your fucking game. Game set and match, Nelson. <laughs> uh, well, 
while we're on the subject of cats, I've told you before about the cats that are at me kids' other home where they live yeah. with their mum. And yeah. um, what am I saying mum for? It's mum. Mum. Stay northern. Um, where they live with their mum. And, of course, Brambury is the one who I've talked about the most in the past. Brambury's the big donkey cat who he speaks, basically. Whenever he comes into a room, he always goes, yeah. Hello! Yeah, which is just and nuts. he can I, say I can, mouse as well. I can I mean. He says mouse. I've got video footage of him saying mouse when there was <laughs> legitimately a mouse behind the door, um, and I can't get enough of Brambury just walking into a room saying hello. It's just <laughs> the best. It's just the best. But um, yeah, Brambury's been, a legend. He is. There's been there's been a, um, an upturn in recent mm. months because a, a new kitten arrived in the house. The oh. fourth, the fourth cat, fourth member of the squad, and she's called Bonnie. And because she's a kitten, obviously she's very lively and scampish yeah. and playful. She's, and Listen, I love kittens. I'm sure you love kittens and most people listening love kittens. But let's be honest, kittens are cunts. Yeah. Right. They, they're cunts. And that's one of the reasons we love them. But yeah. they they are fucking mad and they all just cunt about like nonstop morning, yeah. noon and night. They're fucking totally. troublemakers. Totally that. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's a year old next month, I think. But... She has completely sent Brambury into a permanent gloom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bram- Brambury's world has been turned on its axis, and he does not like it. Whenever she comes into the room that he's in, or he enters a room that she's in, he yeah. just hisses at her, and she yeah. either runs away to get away from him, or he'll leave the room, or he'll leave the area if she arrives. He'll hiss, and he'll just fuck off. He'll maybe go and eat some biscuits. He eats his feelings. Yeah, well, we all know that. I mean, we've all been guilty of that over the years. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, Nelson, that's that's why I couldn't do it to Nelson because I've seen this happen so many times. When you're in your dotage, like Brambury is and like Nelson is, you just want to relax. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. don't want any fucking hassle. And a kitten is non-stop hassle for anyone, but especially an older cat, because they'll think, oh, there's a cat, he'll want to play. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, no, cunt, I do not want to play. I just want to lie around. And yeah, and they stuff. do things like they ambush. Um, cat Kittens love ambushing. Yeah, she does that so as well. <laughs> they'll, like, wait behind a door. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they'll wait for the older cat to just walk, mooch in, looking yeah. for a new place to kick. <laughs> and they'll fucking leap on them. She does. And the cat's like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, is it that like Inspector Clouseau and Kato? She does. She hides in boxes and stuff. And jumps on them. And the yeah. other, t- I mean, Brambury's only like seven or eight. He's not an old cat. He's middle aged. But the other two are about eleven. Sapphire and Herbert, and they've just learned to deal with her. They've just learned to cope with her and work around around Bonnie. Yeah. But Brambury is just in a permanent fucking mood because he, yeah. he thinks he's the boss of the gaff. Of course, and he just wants an easy life. Yeah, of course, That's what he wants. He we just wants to be left alone. It's and like get it's like biscuits. it's like it's like me or you suddenly becoming in charge of a toddler yeah or a baby well have yeah, I ever what? told you the story of Leighton the kid who moved in with us when I was about 12 <laughs> I don't think so no it was it was very similar to this right basically my mum had Leighton. a mate but she, she wasn't even that good of a mate I mean that sounds rude but she wasn't like one of her best mates she was actually I shouldn't give too much away but she was she was basically the woman who brought the sandwiches round at the company where my mum worked you know, right? You no, know, there's like some offices have a sandwich lady that comes in, right? My mum worked at this building place, um, and uh, 
build in place a builder's company a build, yeah. I don't know a construction firm that's what you call it <laughs> building place <laughs> a building place mummy <laughs> are you going to the building place again with the man with the hat <laughs> and the sandwiches yeah, a, a construction company this woman came in with the sandwiches she was quite nice and then like basically without going into too much detail there was a fucking major situation with her other half that mm. meant her having to leave the home in the like in the night with her oh. son. Fuck this, we're getting out. Mm-hmm. We get a knock on the door because our house was very much uh, a sort of a. It was like a refuge for like fucking waifs and strays, basically. Like because yeah. my the way my mum was, people would often think, oh, she'll take us in, right? So they knock on the door, and my mum's like, oh, bit weird. Don't really know that. Well, it's the sandwich lady from work, but fine, all right, come on in. Yeah, you can stay a couple of nights. Well, a couple of nights turned into, like, a few months. And the sandwich lady had with her a little boy, Leighton. And Leighton was about eight, and I was 12. Right. And Leighton was an asshole. <laughs> right? Leighton would fuck with me every day. I'd never had a little brother, right? I'd always been the youngest in the house. So if it was anyone's job to go around being a cunt being and an annoying everyone, it, it was mine. <laughs> yeah. That was my role. Suddenly, <laughs> I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. I've got this fucking little brother, but he's not a brother. He's not blood. I don't know the cunt. He's kipping. I can't remember where he kipped, but we only had a small house. So, I mean, you know, and he was, uh, and he played with all my toys, right? He'd nick, like, all my snacks. And he was the classic, like, he'd, do shit like nick things or like you know punch me or whatever and then when i kicked off about it it would all be like sam don't you know that leighton has gone through a terrible trauma he has had to leave his home he is here with us it is a terrible time for him and the last thing he needs is you bullying him i'm not fucking bullying leighton he's bullying me don't be ridiculous he's eight years old he's only eight how could that be yeah the two worst things was that was what my mum would always say, right? Then, then my um, my brothers got involved. Obviously, they loved it, right? That I suddenly was getting a taste of my own medicine, and they used to give Leighton a free slap, which meant that they go, Leighton, is he being, is Sam being a cunt to you, right? And they go, yes, he is a bit, right? And they go, oh, it's all right, you can have a free slap on him if you want. What? And I'd be there like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Put you in There's charge. no free slaps here. And they'd get me, hold my arms behind my back and go to Leighton, go on, give him a big slap oh, round the no. face. We'll hold him. And I'd be like, no. Nah. And I think Leighton's not going to really do this. That would be really out. It'd be cheap. And I'm like, come on, Leighton, you don't have to do this. Bang! Yeah, Leighton's on the What hit. did the five fingers say it. to the face? Slap! Fucking hell. Right? Where's so the family hate- lightly there? Oh, that yeah, but that's what brothers are like. Well, they were in my fucking family. It was, they thought it was hilarious, right? So mm. then, um, so then, uh, the, and then the other bad thing he did was when he left, when they finally went, he fucking stuffed some Star Wars figures in his pocket, didn't he? Right? And I'm going as they're leaving. They go, say goodbye to Leighton, and I said, hang on, hang on a minute. Fuck saying goodbye to Leighton. Leighton's got fucking Boba Fett, fucking Imperial Stormtrooper, and one of those fucking weird cunts from the Mos Eisley Cantina, Hammerhead, all in his pocket. 
fucking check. I saw him put them in there. And my mum was like, don't be mean. Of course he hasn't. And I was like, he fucking has. Check. And she was like, look, you've got loads of Star Wars figures, right? So just stop being such an idiot. Andy, that's not the point. Like, you've got lots of Star Wars figures. I didn't have lots of the same ones. I had a collection of Star Wars figures, mate. That's what parents think, isn't it? Well, he's got lots. He's not going to miss some. He's got lots. Play with one of the other ones. What are you fucking talking about? Play with one of the other ones. That's not how it fucking works. (laughs) Well, you've got that Ah. Chewbacca one, the big ape. Why don't you like him? Why don't you play with him instead of that one? Oh, that's rotten, that. Yeah, so basically what I'm saying is I know what Branbury feels like because I went through it myself with Leighton. Yeah, you lived it. Yeah, fucking lift that pain. I, I, I can't remember where we got to that. Oh, I, th- I did think that there, there's a good squeeze song about a midnight flit like that called um, yeah. King George Street from yeah. their uh, underrated album Cozy Fan Tutti Fruity of 1985. It's about a, um, a mother and son having to leave in the middle of the night for very for, well because of because of the, the the actions of the man of the house because of be reasons. Yeah. Reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, but how did we get on with that? Was, uh, we were Monopoly. talking about oh, well, you were reading this cats. letter about Monopoly sorry yeah. mate who wrote the letter about Monopoly we'll get back to it now yeah it, it, it explains that it was the school holidays which is why there was a late Monopoly game going on but 5.30 6 in the morning that's, that's bit hardcore since mm. we had local radio on in the background the music stopped and the presenter announced the news that Diana had died Says, we thought it was a prank because it was the fucking 90s and that's the sort of thing all local radio cunts did back then. That's true. <laughs> yeah. In the 90s, people would have done that as a prank and just gone, what? I'm only mucking about. Well, that was the thing. Chris Morris used to do a show on Radio 1, 9pm, uh, and he, he, he just announced, he said, if we have any news on the death of Michael Hesseltine in the next hour, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. Then everyone thought Michael Esseltine had died, but all he was saying was, if he should if, die. Yeah, 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 we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep you updated. And he ended up getting hauled off the air, and I think they, they, they suspended him for two weeks because of that. Like, but yeah, that was in the that 90s, kind of thing. that, like, just being sort of acting the cunt was much more mainstream, wasn't it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you'd be like, fine. Whereas now you get scandalised for fucking everything. Like, yeah. I was reading last night, Sarah Cox, friend of the show, she took part in our. Um, Charity single yeah, that time, didn't two, she? Two years ago this week, it came up in my Facebook. Fucking memory. ass, flying two by. Two years ago, yeah. Um, so, you know, we love Sarah Cox, and she's been scandalised for making she- a remark on air. This now, I mean, she was obviously one of the many reasons I love Sarah Cox is she was like very much a Euro 96 icon, right? Yeah. And, you know, imagine the difference between then and now. Like, what she said on the radio this week was, they were talking about fairgrounds when you were a kid mm-hmm. and they were talking about the small independent fairgrounds that you might get that pop up in your local town or whatever. And yeah. she made a remark to someone because they were saying, oh, you're always worried that something might go wrong and it might, the ride might collapse. Are you on it? And she went, yeah, that's the thing about these local fairgrounds. They're all put together. They're, they're held together by rusty screws, blue tack and crossed fingers. Quite a funny phrase, right? Yeah. massive like pharmacy gate massive complaints oh fucking hell no way from who I don't know I mean presumably the fucking fairground union have mobilised the troops but it's like the you know they've they've gone they've attacked the BBC with like a million fucking and with the BBC 
they take it so seriously. You know, you get done for anything. Mm. It was like that time when I tweeted something about bumming the moon and I wasn't even staff. I was just freelance BBC. And I, mm. hadn't even, I wasn't even on the BBC that week. And I got fucking... There was a sufficient amount of complaints via the BBC official channels that I had a fucking dressing down even though I didn't work for the cunts, right? Mm-hmm. So Sarah Cox, who's probably a, a very well-paid staffer there, she's getting fucking battered over a remark like that. Whereas in the 90s, you could, you could have fucking pr- just made up the fact that Diana was dead and people would have just said, banter. Yeah. Jalapeño. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. I mean, I think any time there's any kind of controversy about someone at all, if the, if the BBC is involved, automatically it gets hoovered up by these weird, yeah, uh, anonymous anti-BBC social media Massively. operators, yeah, yeah, who um, they'll take it up as a cause to bash the BBC with. There might have I've been, been a few biffed by about- that. I've never been BBC staff. I've had three separate experiences like that via BBC complaints. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, maybe there is a pattern developing. Now I put it like that. (laughs) But I've had three fucking... But never like, obviously, huge newspaper headlines because I'm not well known. But but nevertheless, even for like a small fish like me, like because they're so like um, scrupulous the way in which they monitor everything that ever appears on any BBC network and they seem to mobilise and have power to fucking... Um, influence BBC decision makers who are so scared of these nutters who, who for some fucking perverse reason, want the BBC shut down. I think I think the, the people who are, whose role it is to be influenced by things like complaints and campaigns and that they need to mm. fucking wise up, and they need mm. to realise that these are people who are vexatious, and yeah. it's the, it's it's their fucking purpose to try and cause storms and all this kind of thing, and they need to just fucking see it this is social media this isn't actually real this is just a yeah. concocted fucking uh campaign by arseholes and we're not having it we're not listening Andy, to it the people in those jobs right who's like you say it's their job to respond right uh, it cut lands on their desk they're in a senior position the reason they're in that senior position is because they've lamparded their way into yeah. it right yeah. and that is why Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, the person in that job is not thinking what's right and wrong for, you know, in real absolute terms. What's Mm -hmm. right for the BBC? What's right for society? What's right 
ethically in an objective sense. They are only thinking what's right for my career. We've all seen The Wire, right? And that's what The Wire is all about. Every decision that is made in society in any influential institution ultimately is made by an individual and that individual is almost always predisposed to make a, the decision that suits them best yeah. and that decision is very often in complete conflict with what's best for for everyone else and that is why some cunt gets a complaint he doesn't think the silly cunts what are they fucking going on about this or sarah cott's talking about fairgrounds who gives a fuck they think mm-hmm. right if this gets blown up and the mail pick it up then my boss will come to me and say, these headlines aren't very good. What are you going to do about that? You can't. I'm going to fire you. You're not fucking controlling the situation enough. See what I mean? Having said that, having said that, I'll contradict myself a bit here because the BBC press office on Twitter are really good. If the BBC gets attacked by, let's say, maybe one of the tabloid newspapers or someone within the Conservative Party and they get attacked inaccurately, the BBC press office is really good at saying, actually, I think you're fine. A rapid fine. response unit, yeah, like Tony yeah. Blair. Not, not so much when individuals are attacked for reasons such as the Sarah Cox thing, but yeah. when the corporation itself comes under fire and it's bullshit, they're really good at putting out a tweet and saying, oh, we think you'll find that blah, 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 blah. This is actually the case. So... Yeah, are, that's good. That's what. Yeah, respects. well, the, the press office are obviously doing a good job, but the bosses above that are probably cunts. I assume. Who knows? Uh, thoughts and prayers with Sarah Cox. That's yeah, all I can say. She'll get really. through. She'll ride this out. Yeah, she will. She'll just end up doing podcasts if everything else goes wrong. Um, so yeah, we're still on Jay's email. Yeah, we thought it was a prank. Uh, it takes a darker turn after that. He says, after a while, it became apparent it was true. Our dad had been killed less than two months prior. Oh, God. Uh, it had been in the local papers and was the talk of the estate. I was 10 years old. So all I thought when I realised Diana was actually dead was all the other kids will stop talking about us when we go back to school next week. Oh, God. And um, and he says, and they fucking did. So well, so what go. you're saying is you're someone who basically the, the death of Diana worked for was quite convenient. It was a positive. It was a yeah. positive, and that's nice to hear. So I'm glad for you. Yeah. Um, but I am sorry about your loss. Here, this is a letter that made me laugh out loud. It was one of those ones where I read it on my phone lying in bed and my wife goes, what are you laughing at? And obviously, <laughs> my wife being quite highbrow, I want to, oh, just a, a, a sketch that I've seen in this week's New Yorker, which I subscribe to on my phone. I have the New Yorker app, of course. It's a new article by Garrison Keeler, who is a great humorist. But in fact, it's not. It's an email about I, Princess Diana I, dying. I subscribe to a Twitter account, which every day provides a quote from Truman Capote. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, sometimes I try to lie. And she goes, tell me what you're really laughing at. (laughs) Because we both know that you don't understand any of the words you just said. And then I tell her the truth, which is um, what I was actually reading was this email from Andrew Sheech. Hi, guys. Hope you and the family are keeping safe and well now that cunty COVID is wearing its head again. That's nice. Nice nice thought. Actually, my daughter does have COVID. My daughter has COVID. Oh, no. Um, yeah. She's had it for a few days. I haven't got it yet, thank God. But it's a nightmare for her. She's having to isolate. Oh, but, she's, um, is she, like, stuck in her room kind of thing? She's in her room. It's really yeah. awful for oh, her, no. yeah. 
It's so boring. Like, she went from, first she was emotional. Then for a couple of days, she was like, actually, this is all right because I just am lying in bed watching TV on my laptop yeah. and and having food brought to me, which is basically how, how she wants to live. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, careful you're what you wish for. Yeah. Because then after another couple of days of that, then she got tearful again because she's like bored out of her fucking wits. Mm. But I'm, um, you can do watching parties on Amazon if you've got Amazon Prime. All right. There's like a thing where you can watch simultaneously and, and there's a chat box as well. All it's right, quite okay. a good idea. Oh, that's good. So, she loves that, she loves Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she loves it. Lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your daughter was ever into it, but it seems no, like it's a big it, no. thing. Um, I never got into it, but like she, she's already. I think she's watched all the series, and she really wanted me to watch it with her. So I've just started watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning right. with her on these watching parties, just the two of us. And at first, I thought I'll do it because she's really fucking bored, and it's something that we can sort of do. Because I can't go in the room. Like yeah. when she's crying, I can't go in the room and give her a hug. It yeah. feels bad. So I want to. So at first, I sort of felt like I was doing it just as a nice gesture. But of course, now I'm fucking hooked on it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, hooked, I'm hooked on Grey's Anatomy and all the different sort of will they, won't they plot lines and yeah. all of that. But also the surgery stuff's fucking wild, mate. Um, so there's something for everyone. Anyway, uh, thanks for saying that, Andy, about COVID. Listening to Diana Aftermath, I remembered modern st- uh, my modern studies teacher having a cosmos moment. It was all we talked about, the first lesson after our death. And he said, yeah, but she wasn't exactly Mother Teresa. Three <laughs> days later, bam, Mother <laughs> Teresa's dead too. <laughs> yes, everyone forgets about that. Yeah, they fucking do. It was just uh, in the aftermath. Yeah, Mother Teresa did much more than Diana. Although fucking, yeah. I believe that Mother Teresa was a bit like... Say you believe in God, the Christian God, and there'd yeah. be some person who was like, I don't know, fucking Muslim or Hindu or something like that, going, oh, uh, I'd rather not say. I mean, I believe in something. Say like it. If it was me or you. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't say I'm an atheist. I was when I was younger, but I, I'm more of an agnostic. Fucking say you believe say in it. Jesus. If <laughs> not, I'm not giving you the penicillin, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You've got two oh. choices. You got two choices: penicillin or waterboarding. All you got to do is say the words. Just fucking say that you've let Jesus in your heart. Well, I won't go that far. Put it this way, right? I think there are things in the fucking universe that none of us understand. That's not good enough. Don't give me that universe bullshit. There proper is one Jesus. true God. I want proper Jesus God, Christian God. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, fine, good. Good boy. Now, open your mouth and have your penicillin. Take your medicine. <laughs> he says God, he also... Yeah. He, Andy says he also remembers the Scottish Football Association being under fire for wanting to play a World Cup qualifier against Belarus the same day as Diana's funeral. It got moved to the Sunday after protest. <laughs> Even the, Yeah, I mean, why, why should the fucking Scots... Do you know what I mean? They must have been fucking... I mean, not being funny, but they were probably like, what the fuck is going on down there? Have you seen them? They want us to fucking postpone the football now. (laughs) Even the Queen wanted it to be played. (laughs) What? How does he know that? (laughs) Even the Queen wanted it to be played. With the Secretary of the Scottish Football Association saying the funeral will be done by two. We're open for business at three. (laughs) Well, then you'll lock it. It'll be over by two. We'll be playing. We'll kick off at three. They'll give you time for a few sandwiches and a wee dram. It's and then we'll get a... the game started. 
The Queen wants it. She's looking forward to it. She's like, I want to watch Scotland Belarus. It's going to I've had a word with the SFA. It's going to kick off at three. So after the funeral, we'll go to the pub, show our fucking faces, have a couple of sandwiches, and then we'll fucking be home in time for kickoff. Sorry, we can't hang around. Scotland Belarus is on an hour. <laughs> no, but thanks, thank you very much. Thanks for coming, and it's a lovely spread. And uh, no, our thoughts and prayers are with you. We've got our place in Balmoral to think about. We need to be seen to be favourable to the Scots as well as the English. Plus, as well, <laughs> if the Scots are going to draw, they go through. Philip puts on his funny um, hoots man, Tam O'Shanter, <laughs> and ginger wig like the one that Russ Abbott wears. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that geezer that Russ Abbott played called Hoots Man? He was called. <laughs> was that just what he said? He was called. He was called C U Jimmy. See you, because it was a see you. <laughs> fucking hell, mate. Russ, Russ Abbott's Russ funhouse Abbott's does house. not get enough fucking respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My attitude to Russ Abbott is the streets will never forget. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, possible possible Russ Abbott deep dive. Yeah, but I've, I've, I was watching a documentary about uh, on Channel 5 about Last of the Summer Wine. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. And of course, Russ Abbott ended up being the lead character in that towards the end oh, when they all, hell, they yeah, all died out that. and got too old. It was Russ, the new threesome that was in it in the last couple of years before it finished. Obviously, Pete yeah. Salas couldn't stand up anymore, so all of his no. bits were sat down in a cafe or something. So they yeah. needed three new characters to be going around in the fucking countryside, rolling down hills and all that sort the of thing. So it, it's, my, it, making it's, a nuisance of themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> it was Russ Abbott. Mm. It was Brian Murphy, who was George and George and Mildred. Oh, yeah. And he's the wild card, Bert Kwok. <laughs> Imagine the ideas meeting where they go, right, we need another old cunt. Come on, think, think. Someone who's got a bit of pizzazz about them and all. Fucking shake it up. The ratings have been fucked for years. All right, hear me out. You might think this is weird. How about Bert Kwok? <laughs> Can we get him? Can we afford him? Of course we can afford him. He's done fucking Everyone's got a fucking price, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and I sometimes watch on uh, on Gold. There'll be an episode of Last of the Summer Wine on in, in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, it's it's nice, gentle, amiable comedy. It's, uh, yeah. it's funnier than Inside Number Nine. I'll say that much. But, um, yeah, I like it. And the documentary was good as well. I haven't watched it in years. I, I associate it too much with that sort of, you know, um, morbid Sunday feeling, I think. That's what yeah. that's what puts me off it. I used so. to love it, though. Last of the Summer Wine would be on, then that's life. Sunday yeah. Night Entertainment was great. It was the alternative it was great. Saturday. Yeah, it had to be great because everyone was so fucking miserable. Mm. So it had to be great, but there's something that still kind of reminds you of those, I don't know. Yeah, the, just avoid the, Then, of, then of course, there was the... Uh, then spit an image and of course surround it all off the palate cleanser was the South Bank show with Melvin Bragg <laughs> time for bed <laughs> oh it's Truman Capote here. who the fuck's he <laughs> I'll give it a watch anyway I like this con he always sounds like he's got a cold he must be on the fucking gear <laughs> I'll, I'll pretend I like this cunt if it means I can stay up for another 45 minutes yeah. come on man 
It's true and Capote on the South Bank show tonight. <laughs> Let us stay up half an hour more. Fucking love him. In cold blood, one of the best fucking butts I've ever read. <laughs> so another quick couple of emails of the Diana Aftermath. We'll get back on track. with it. There's more to talk about with the Diana Aftermath, I think, next week, because we haven't got to Elton John's single yet. Um, <laughs> uh, what's this one? This is from um, Exiled Mariner who says, my memory is that the Noel Gallagher court, that those that were mourning openly were the same people who hadn't visited their grandparents in 12 months. Spot on observation. That's probably right. right. Fucking right. And one other one I can see here is from Fee, who says, uh, I was about 18 or 19 and visiting my mum the weekend she died. I was sound asleep and mum shook me awake while shrieking, Guess who's dead? Guess who's dead? Uh, I, I didn't guess correctly, but I felt rough as fuck. And while driving home, my appendix burst about an hour later and I ended up in hospital having emergency surgery. Appendectomy due to physical trauma caused by the death of the people's princess? Who knows? Tragedy for all. So that's someone whose guts were literally burst open from beyond the grave. Everyone's got a fucking memory, haven't they, about it? Yeah. It's one of those things. It's very much our yeah. JFK. That's it. You remember where you were when it happened. So we'll yeah. do more next time. Um... And if you've got any emails, do you want to send them in? Contact at tftimemachine.com about um, where, where you were and what happened. If you listen to this on the free service nine months later, don't email us. We're not interested. Correct. Uh, thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.